Hello and welcome to the All Plane Podcast, where we talk with interesting people that are redefining the future of commercial aviation. But first of all, and before I introduce today's guest, let me remind you that you can find all the previous episodes of this podcast, as well as many other aviation stories on our website, allplane.tv. That's A-L-L-P-L-A-N-E dot TV. This is actually episode number 50 of this podcast and also the first of our four-part series of episodes that we have done in partnership with CETA for Aircraft, a technology company that creates software solutions that help airlines fly more efficiently. The first installment is about the weather. Yes, storms, turbulence, high-altitude ice crystals. We're going to talk about those a bit later in this episode. And, well, any other meteorological event that pilots must take into account when they are preparing their flight plans. And to talk about all this, we have today as guest Victor de los Santos, a product manager for IWAS Pilot at CETA for Aircraft. IWAS Pilot is essentially a software platform that provides pilots and airlines with sophisticated analytical tools that help them adjust their flying patterns to weather in the safer and most efficient way. With Victor, we have a broad-ranging, insightful conversation about the many ways in which weather matters for airlines and the different tools at their disposal to route aircraft through different sorts of weather conditions. We also talk, of course, about Victor's and Sita's own work in this field. So, without further ado, let me welcome Victor to the podcast. Hello, Victor. How are you? I'm good, Miguel. How are you? Very well. Welcome to the All Plane Podcast. I'm very keen to speak with you today because we're going to deal with a topic that I find really fascinating and I think it doesn't get as much media coverage as it deserves. And, and that's basically what technology can do to make flying more efficient, uh, more comfortable and more environmentally friendly by optimizing the way that aircraft, commercial aircraft, fly. So I'm going to ask you to, like all guests, to introduce yourself. But first of all, let me say that you are a product manager at CETA for Aircraft, which is a large technology company that works on solutions for, for the commercial aviation industry. And you are a product manager for something called EWAS Pilot, which uh, we're going to learn now what it's all about. First of all, just in a few words, uh, can you introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about your background and, and your current role at CETA? First of all, thanks for having me here. It's a pleasure uh, to be part of, the, uh, of this podcast. So I'm a product manager, as I said, at CETA for Aircraft. Um, my background is I studied in Barcelona, aeronautical engineering, and then I did a master in computer science in University of London and a master in aerospace engineering in University of California, Irvine. And I've been now working in CETA for five years. I started as a developer, as a software developer, working on an US pilot at the beginning. And now I'm the product manager of it, which, well, I think it's, it's pretty fascinating. I'm trying to uh, understand all the needs of our customers. I'm uh, preparing like everything that uh, it's related to to uh, our weather providers, uh, how we deal with the support with our customers, uh, what should be developed, how we can improve our products in and make uh, aviation safer. 
Yeah, um, actually, I, I was actually reading through your CV on LinkedIn, and I was quite impressed. Uh, I mean, you've, you've been working in the field of software and different technology companies. I got some experience at Lockheed Martin as well in, in simulators, right? Before joining CETA, uh, which is a large, a large software, uh, well, technology company, mm-hmm. many different things. In particular, I'm really interested by the, by the product that you uh, manage, this EWAS. It's designed for, to fulfill a very specific function, and that's actually to help pilots to navigate the weather and to make their, their flight paths more efficient, basically to find the best way to get from point A to point B, avoiding all the nasty weather you, you might find in, in between. Why is weather so important? Obviously, air is a fluid thing, so when an aircraft is flying, can encounter all sorts of adverse weather conditions. We all heard about weather, um, weather-related cancellations, uh, turbulence. It can make a journey really uncomfortable, what are the sort of, of weather phenomena that we should take, well, we, that the pilots should take into account when, when preparing for a flight? So definitely, I mean, weather is something uh, that's crucial in aviation because in the end, weather is a depiction of, of the different uh, physical interactions, right, that are happening on, on the atmosphere. And those features are, are making an aircraft flight. Right. So any change on those conditions are going to have an impact on the flight, which is the things that are causing the turbulence. It's causing uh, uh, problems, uh, not only turbulence, but like even engine failures, things like that can be caused by uh, can be caused by weather. So it's very, very important that all the airlines and pilots are very aware of any kind of potential hazard that it's uh, that is going to happen. In fact, when pilots are preparing for a flight, they are looking for all kinds of hazards, not only weather hazard but all kinds but weather is one of the of the big ones right because it it has a it can have a a huge impact in the case for example just to put an example we always say that uh we we can think of the third law of of newton right which is like uh, action reaction right and and if we have the aircraft flying with a very very strong headwind it's like we have someone pushing us backwards right so that's so those are the kind of things that are affecting so that's just one of the examples of it yeah, um, I wanted I wanted to ask you actually: Is the wind pattern, uh, the wind direction and, and, and strength, is it is it something that you would qualify as a as a weather event? Absolutely. There's something called in this particular thing. There's something called, for example, the the organized track. The nor- there are the North Atlantic organized tracks and the Pacific organized tracks. Uh, basically, those are different streams of winds, which uh, when when aircrafts are flying through them, it's really having an, uh, an impact on the, on the flight because it can speed up the flight or slow down the flight. So it's kind of like a jet stream. It's like you go on in the water and there's a current, but it's exactly the same on, on, on the air. So there's been, uh, I, I don't know how long ago, there was a, a, a world record of, of, of a commercial flight, not a, that it was in a supersonic flight that went to the highest speed possible because it was kind of surfing on, yeah. on this wind stream. Yeah, I think it was a British Airways flight uh, flying yeah. between New York and, and London, I think. Yeah, I read yeah, about exactly. that. Something like, yeah. I don't know, five and a half, something hours or something like that. Really, yeah, exactly. Very, really very fast on a, on a non-supersonic aircraft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually, I, I read some research. Um, there's some, some research out there that says that all, the, all these, um, let's say, extreme weather phenomena uh, are going to become more frequent with uh, climate change. So that's, again, Definitely. another link here 
between the mm -hmm. this very current topic of, of climate change, yeah. but from a slightly different angle in this case, yeah. which is a more immediate a more immediate effects on 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 people mm -hmm. traveling right now, or in the yeah. in the very near future. Um, I, I'm going to post a link to to some of these research that is out there. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, um, obviously the weather is so important and it's always been important. So how were pilots uh, handling this weather until, until now? I mean, what, what's, the, what's the normal or let's say quote-unquote traditional procedure to prepare for weather? Uh, is this something that I guess pilots receive a briefing before the flight and then they adjust. I don't know at what level this is done, if it's done at the pilot level, the airline has a meteorological department that takes care of operations department that takes care of those, of those things. So yeah, I'm, I'm just asking from the complete ignorance because I'm not, I'm not so um, aware of the intricacies of day-to-day -day operations when it comes to weather. Sure. So it really depends on the airline, whether they have a weather department as is or, or not. Uh, there are like very big airlines such as Delta that they have a very powerful uh, weather, um, weather department that they are generating their own weather. There are some other airlines that are using um, weather from different weather sources. There are two uh, main centers in, in, in the world, which are called the, the World Area Forecast Centers. Uh, there's one based in London, which is the UK Met. And there's one based in Washington in, in the United States, which is uh, the NOAA. Um, and those two are like, like kind of like the, the pillars of all the weather information that is related to, to, to aviation. They are generating, um, uh, and from them can be generated something that is called the significant weather charts, which is kind of like, which is the weather that is most relevant uh, for a flight. And then airlines can also obtain this information from other different uh, weather aviation graded uh, weather providers. We have uh, providers such as Meteor France, uh, DTN, the weather company, uh, DWD, which is a German uh, weather provider, or WNI, which is a Japanese weather provider. And basically uh, what happens is that the airline always has one of these weather providers or has its own uh, weather solution. And whenever they are preparing a flight, they generate a briefing package and this briefing package must contain the weather information relevant to the flight, right? So there is the, something called the, the, the flight folder, which can be a piece of a set of papers which contains all the information from a flight, including uh, weather charts, weather information that are relevant to the that are relevant to the um, to the flight. So right now, what happens is that there is this department, there is this flight dispatcher that prepares the flight, that it's that knows what like what is going to happen, prepares the route, and generates these weather charts. It can be automated, it can be uh, something a bit more manual, and then uh, the pilots receive such information. And then on the briefing room, the pilot is going to check all of this information, and so he's going to evaluate. Okay, it looks like this area there are some thunderstorms that might happen. So maybe this particular route is not suited for that. So he's going to call the dispatcher. Hey, we need a new flight, um, uh, or we need a new flight route because we're going to go through uh, some bad area. Um, yeah, so basically the pilots are preparing for that. They need to review not only the flight in route, not only information in route, but also for the different airports. This is something that is very, very important. There, there's something called the METAR and the TAF. Um, in the case of the METAR, this is kind of a forecast of, uh, sorry, the TAF is the forecast of the information that is going to be happening at a particular time of an airport. And this is relevant because in case of a deviation, they need to know to which airports they have to go and what is the forecast of weather in case they need to make an emergency landing. Uh, so there's all, all of this process that the pilots are doing at the briefing room.
Mm-hmm. And then, of course, while flying, they keep monitoring all the weather with different sources of, of weather. Yeah, that actually you anticipate my next question is how current all this information normally is before the flight and then during the flight, what sort of instruments, because there's also the rudder, I guess, that can tell the pilot yeah, exactly. what's ahead, up to what degree uh, the pilot can modify the itinerary in function of the weather he's finding ahead and, and how often does it happen? I mean, how, let's put it this way, how accurate are those forecasts, how current? that they basically do away with the need to make last-minute modifications in flight. So there's two things here. One is the strategic phase and one is the tactical phase, right? So in the strategic phase, it's more on when you are in ground and you are preparing your flight and you're reviewing the information. Uh, depending on how you're obtaining this, this weather data, it can be like generated three hours ago, six hours ago. Um, usually forecasts are valid for a very long time frame. So it can be valid for 12 hours, for 18 hours, for, for 24 hours. Despite they can be generated, like they are renovated every six hours. But the, the validity of the data, it's, it's, it's still as it is. Of course, it's important to always have the last, the most updated information because it can change, right? So that's something that there are several ways. One of that will be US Pilot, which helps to getting always the, the latest information. That's when we are then on the briefing, uh, at the briefing room. Uh, then in flight, um, basically the pilot uh, are using different, different weather, uh, weather sources. One is the, the weather radar that they have which it has its limitations because it's a very uh, directional uh, directional tool. So they cannot really know what's happening behind or around the aircraft. They can only see what is happening in front and at the beginning of the, of the area. They, they can't really, like, there, there are some limits on that. Um, again, they, they are bringing, um, it's, it's compulsory for them to bring all the weather charts that are like, uh, certified on the system so they can also review that information. But then depending on which solutions, if you have in-flight connectivity, you can even get updates, get real, not only the forecast, but also observations of, of things that are happening uh, at that particular time. And in the end, a pilot has maneuverability in the sense of they can change the route if they believe there is a hazard, there is a weather hazard. So for example, there is a thunderstorm that has been generated through the path that it's meant to follow. So they can definitely call ATC, say, hey, we need to, uh, can, can we get a, a vectors for different direction so we can avoid this or we can maybe can we climb to a, a higher flight level so we can we can avoid these uh, these clouds that are that are in, in this area so there is a maneuverability power that pilots have in order to prevent all of this information all of these weather hazards and is it very frequently that an aircraft has to make very drastic itinerary modifications because of weather uh, drastic modifications, no, because the idea is that um, they are prepared in the briefing room. So um, they are aware if a thunderstorm is predicted to happen mm-hmm. um, and they plan ahead, right? There is all this briefing phase, which is that's what, why they do that. They go before the before a flight, they sit down together, the, the pilot and, and, the, and, the, and the first officer, and they d- discuss if there is a need of, of preparing all of that information. And in areas that are like uh, very congested, like Europe, also we have ATC that like they already know what is the status. So they are not going to allow you to file a flight plan that is going to go through, a, through an area which has lots of convection hazards. Mm-hmm. And, but there are also some, some atmospheric phenomena that from what I read, I'm, not, I'm not definitely not a big expert in this topic, but I read that they, they, are, they can be quite difficult to forecast or, to, or even to spot from a distance, things like uh, turbulence itself, 
or something called the high ice water content, uh, which yes. is basically when um, there's small ice crystals that can interfere with, uh, with the engines and, and create some, some trouble there. Uh, is this something that is also included in this type of forecast? Uh, uh, you mentioned yes, the, so the concept of aviation grade forecast, mm -hmm. uh, which I assume it, it's something that it, it's a degree more accurate than the, mm -hmm. let's say, the, the general forecast we yeah. we can get uh, publicly and like any anyone can get. So, so yeah, definitely there's there are some um, some things like, for example, there are clear, something called clear turbulence, which you cannot really see because it's there's not a cloud telling you that it's happening, which is a big masses of air that are moving, and um, in the end. A weather hazard always happens because there's a gradient. There's always like a difference of uh, between two aspects, and then it what creates these changes on the on the on the atmosphere, right? So we have things like the clear turbulence that they can be predicted, uh, they can be forecasted, and then they are added into the system and they are added into into the different into the different weather sources. And then there are things like like that, for example, the high intensity water crystals. You can predict that it's happening, but things like, um, so there's always these two things. One is the forecast and what is the observations of things that are really happening, right? And um, in the case of, of these high ice water uh, crystals, what happens is that sometimes you cannot really see all that information directly from the weather radar because it's very, very small, uh, it's very small crystals which are not detected by the radar. Of course, airlines are like, and as technology advances, they start to incorporate more of that information. But this is, there's people, there, are, there are airlines and there are sources that still don't have that available. So it's important to always try to have sources that are providing this information uh, in your, in your, for your flights. Mm -hmm. With this ice crystal thing, it just came mm -hmm. to my mind. Now that we have seen several volcanoes in different parts of the world, mm -hmm. in, in the Canary Islands, there's a, an active volcano now, mm -hmm. um, another one in Hawaii, in, in, in mm -hmm. Japan. I don't know if that's something that can be also detected and, and that, that it's a hazard that, that airlines it's, need to deal it's with. It's definitely regularly. a hazard. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a hazard, um, and that's something that it's it's highly uh, shared between uh, between the aviation. Uh, so aviation is always aware whenever there is a volcano because um, the ashes are very very hazardous for the for the engines. They can create uh, problems. They can even stop an engine. In the end, they are like small rocks, like microscopic rocks that go through the engines, and and I think create a hazard. So those are kind of things that at the briefing time they are aware, and in the in the very second that like. If if suddenly a volcano erupts, you know that all the ATC are going to restrict flights around the area where the volcano has erupted. That's a sort of um, situations where a product like the one you manage, the EWAS, mm -hmm. is supposed to come into play, like helping airlines to optimize their flights around these extreme weather events. What can you tell us about EWAS? I mean, what, how does it work and, and what's, the, what's the concept behind it? So EWAS Pilot, in the end, what tries is to bring um, the 21st century into, into aviation when it comes to weather, right? Um, airlines have been using, uh, for a long time, paper charts, which are like, well, they have like maybe six diagrams on uh, depending on uh, different hours, but it gives like pilots have to do a big effort into decoding the information that, that is on those charts about interpolating the position of the aircraft to see, okay, so this aircraft is going to arrive at this time, so probably there will be this uh, potential convection in this area, right? EWAS pilot brings something that um, tries to speed up all this process so that um, pilots are less time decoding information 
and actually taking decisions and evaluating and, and acting on those decisions. Because what we are doing on EWAS Pilot is basically we have a four-dimensional depiction. Uh, so we have a map and we have a vertical profile. And then we also have the time, uh, the time as a value. So basically what we do is we load a flight into our system and then you can uh, project the position of the aircraft through the route according to the departure time of that aircraft, according to the route. When you're, and what we are depicting is what is the weather that is forecasted when the aircraft arrives to that position of the flight. So at, you are always very aware about your route. What is the weather that you can expect to have uh, on it? Something that we tried to do when we were uh, designing this, and, and it came with like, we have been working very closely with different airlines, was that pilots should be able to use it was pilot in three minutes. It means that in three minutes, they can evaluate all the weather for the flight and check all the information. Not only that, it's, we have also the codings of things like the, the TAF information and the METAR information, which is right now, if you see it, it just like someone like that doesn't know about aviation will read it and it's nonsense. It looks and, like, like gibberish, yes. And in, in practical terms, how does all this manifest itself? Is it a software package that is delivered yeah. as a as a cloud-based service or uh, so they, how does it work yeah. in practice? I mean, is it something, mm -hmm. it's like a web portal that the pilot has access to? Is this a, some, like an app they have to download? Mm -hmm. So basically pilots are bringing uh, an electronic flight back right now, which most of them is an iPad, uh, standard iPad, the same one that you can buy uh, at the Apple store. Uh, some of them are also using Windows and it's an application that it's installed in, in it. It's a native application installed in the, um, in it. One of the things is that, and it's not a web portal because they can use this application without connectivity. So the way that we, that we work is when it has connectivity, the application is constantly downloading all the latest weather information. So it's not like six hours or three hours before, it's we always have the latest information available into the system. Once the pilot takes, uh, goes flying, if there is no in-flight connectivity, if he doesn't have uh, connectivity on the cockpit, then the information is still available in the system. So they can evaluate all that data at any particular time of the flight. And if there's connectivity on board, uh, then, more, it's more the aircraft, then it's constant, constantly updated during the flight. Exactly. Exactly, uh, because we are displaying not only forecasts, but also observations, which are like, we, we are having lightning strikes. So you can see that five minutes ago, there was 100 uh, lightning strikes in this area. So those are real observations from weather radars that are transforming sub images and, 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 and information that is being extracted at the current moment into polygons and systems that can be seen on the application. And how do you source this information? Where does it come from? So this is one of the, the strong things that we have in US Pilot is that we have several weather providers. Uh, as Airlines are ten, tend to use uh, one weather source. In their case, like it can be UK Met, it can be Meteor France, it can be DTM, right? So we have tried to do something that is adaptable to all the needs of any kind of airline. So what we do is we obtain all the weather from several weather sources. And then what we do is we transform it in a very unified way, in the sense that a turbulence is always going to be a turbulence. It doesn't matter if it comes from one weather provider to, to other weather provider. Uh, icing conditions is the same is the same depicted. You can always see what is the provider, but it's on a second level. In the end, we were trying to focus it on the hazards. So you can also uh, forecast all these ice particle. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. We, we have we have some of our providers providing the the ice crystals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because until now, I guess, uh, as you said, like airlines um, get information from one source. I guess they, they have some sort of, of contract with a weather information provider. But then you, what you do is basically you, you 
you act as a, as a sort of an aggregator for many different sources, exactly. so you, you can provide a more complete picture. Is it worldwide? Exactly. So the service is available yes. anywhere in the world? Yes, uh, definitely. In fact, uh, what we try to do is cover uh, a lot of the different regions. For example, um, we recently got the WNI data, which is Weather News Incorporated. It's a Japanese, which is very strong in Asia Pacific. So all our weather providers are providing worldwide coverage, but airlines that are flying in our, on an area prefer sometimes the, the weather providers from the same area despite it, it has worldwide coverage because, well, they are the ones that they are more used to. And we are one of the unique providers of uh, now cast and observation, worldwide information. Some of our, like, it's something that is very unique on was Pilot. And what are the tangible benefits that an airline gets? Because obviously there is this talk of optimization, of flying more efficiently, but have you quantified Mm -hmm. What are these tangible benefits with real use case data? Um, yes, is there any, any, any of this data, just to get an idea of the, of the magnitude, is there any data that you can share publicly? Yes, definitely. Uh, so the idea is that um, our, main, our, our main kind of the return of investment, right? Talking like very business-minded very business here, but the return of investment is safety, safety, safety. And it's difficult, sometimes it's difficult to, to, to put a number on safety because like if no one hurts, how do you quantify it? Like mm -hmm. it just, you only care about it when, when, when a hazard happens. But in any case, what we have found is like, we have a statistics of customers that didn't use it was Palo before and now, uh, and now they use it. And there's been a, a reduction in several, in, in several ways, especially uh, the reductions in case of an aircraft uh, going through severe turbulence, they need to go through maintenance, right? So an airline that uh, has to go to 10, uh, 10 aircrafts landed in ground uh, because they went through severe turbulence. Usually it can be around $17,000 uh, having, having it grounded for, the, for this inspection. So 10 times uh, this on a year, it's $170,000 so right of money. So every time an aircraft goes through turbulence, it needs to get... No, not every time, not every okay. kind of turbulence. If, if when, when they are considered extreme uh, okay. and severe turbulence, those ones that like, that it can cause, uh, that it can cause like issues on the engine, yeah. uh, those are the ones. In fact, not only, it's not only about the, the, the engine, there is the cost uh, when it comes to injuries on the, on the passengers, injuries on the, on the crew, yeah. on the cabin crew, that, which in the end, there is a heavy cost on that. So there is a benefit of being safer, which in, because in the end that transforms into money. And there's also even the, the fact that there's even reductions on the amount of fuel consumed. If you need to avoid, if you need to avoid turbulence that you were not prepared to, or you didn't forecast it, uh, properly, um, that deviation is going gonna, is gonna to cost you money on extra fuel consumption that you weren't expecting. So having a better preparation, thanks to products like these, that it's help, it gives more visibility, it's really reducing the amount of money that uh, the airlines have to pay. We have found as, as, a, as an interesting thing, there's something called in aviation, in, for, for in aviation, which is the discretionary field, which is after all the mandatory field that, uh, that a flight needs to carry on, there is a, something called discretionary field, which is the extra field that the pilot wants to add because he feels safer, right? It's the human factor that he decides to add on that. So pilots that have been using U.S. pilot, they are more confident on the data that they have, which makes them load less discretionary fuel because, well, they are more confident, so they, are, they don't want to put more just-in-case, right? There's, they reduce this just-in-case amount of, of fuel thanks to having in the air uh, better information uh, that helps them take better decisions. 
how long has this service been available? Is this already in service with airlines? And yes. wh what, what, what sort of usage are we talking about now? Yeah, so right now, I mean, we know that uh, over, si over 60,000 uh, commercial pilots have at least tried the application once. Uh, we have uh, over 36 customers worldwide. Um, it started work. It started uh, seven years ago uh, with our first customer, which was Air France. And now we have customers worldwide. We have uh, Air France, uh, Singapore Airlines. We have Air China, we have Xiamen Airlines. We have Etihad Airways, and more that are like uh, constantly trying the application. We are in talk with many different other other airlines. So this is really used. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's an application that is highly known in the in the aviation in the commercial aviation market very 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 interesting um where can people find out more about this uh should they contact you as a as a product manager or <laughs> there's a website for this the, product yeah so through the CETA for aircraft uh, website uh, it was pilot is part of the, a portfolio of products which is called the digital day of operation products um so in in the CETA for aircraft website uh, there's a lot of information from that and definitely you can you can get uh, understand how the application works how it looks like and and well how how it works, what are our providers, and what are all the benefits that they can get out of out of it. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much. I think it's uh, it's, it's very interesting to get an insight into into this very specific area of of uh, commercial aviation because that's something that it's normally out of sight. So, mm -hmm. uh, as a passenger, as a frequent traveler, you take many things for granted, and obviously, there's a lot of preparation uh, that goes into making sure that that you you have a flight as smooth as possible. And yeah. most of the time it's like that, but as you mentioned, I mean, <laughs> sometimes there is, there is some turbulence, there can be, mm -hmm. there can be other issues. So um, yeah, it, it's good to know that uh, technology is improving to, uh, to make these events even, even more rare than they are now. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, well, thank you very much, Victor. It's been, it's been great learning about, about this. And uh, I will, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post as well, uh, some some links to, to some information, some of the technical and scientific concepts that we talk about today, and that's been great learning for me as well. To to uh, anytime get get up to speed with 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 all this topic. Thank you very much, Miguel. Before you go, and if you like this podcast, a quick reminder that it would be absolutely great if you could please give it a rating on Apple, Spotify, or whichever platform you are using, or recommend it to a friend or whomever might be interested. Thank you very much and see you soon.